welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Composer Brian Tyler didn't exactly think he'd make a living as a composer, so he got degrees in history, philosophy, and public policy from UCLA and Harvard. But he's now scored more than 60 films and just finished scoring one of the most anticipated first-person shooters ever, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. So I just got the score last night and listened to it today, and I'll just tell you right off the bat, this is the first time that I've ever interviewed anyone without playing the game yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Okay, so you got kind of the preview of the game via the music in a way. I did, and I know you're not allowed to talk about any story or anything, so if the conversation manages to steer that way, just shut me down. (laughs) Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that that secret's out. Yep. You just finished, uh, I would imagine most recently just finished, your score for Modern Warfare 3. It seems like uh, composers, and it seems like you did this as well, you kind of dialed back the idea that this is an over-the-top shooter, and you just ended up writing a beautiful score for it. Right. Um, so that's something I noticed is that it's a very nicely subdued score. So. Well, you, I mean, I think the you need to cover all your different emotions as you would in, in a film or, or any kind of thing um, that you're writing music for. Modern Warfare 3 takes place all around the globe and it's got it's got kind of this, you know, global conflict idea that has more scope than previously. And so the idea was to have themes, musical themes that would make sense in different places. So the the music, mm-hmm. as you notice, kind of as it goes globe trotting, um, it it has these through line themes that crop up, but are done in in different ways, in in kind of ways that would reflect Europe and Africa and Asia and all, all the different kind of areas. And mm-hmm. it has more of a global feel. While at the same time, the thing that anchors it, of course, is that we are doing a large symphonic type of style of score, which really gives it a lot of emotional weight. It's not kind of about, I mean, you're really trying to immerse the gamer into the world of modern warfare, combative universe that that is supposed to feel real in the way that realistic movies about war feel real. Mm -hmm. So even though, of course, when you go into battle, there's no like, you know, you don't look to your right, and there's an orchestra there. Necessarily, <laughs> um, it's not that. It's it's to kind of convey the the emotion of what it would be. So it doesn't take it lightly at all. It doesn't it doesn't kind of do it in a in a winky way. Which you know, at the beginning, there was with games as they, especially as first person shooters, because of the limitations of what games look like, they had to make them really fantastical and kind of more science fictiony. I mean, I I go mm-hmm. back to playing games, you know, first person shooters, marathon, Unreal Tournament, Halo, mm-hmm. kind of through the whole gamut. And when Call of Duty came around, it was it was so refreshing because it felt like, wow, actually this is giving me sweaty palms because it feels like I'm really out there. So the music had to treat its subject matter very seriously mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that I would treat music in in a film.
Duty is, you know, obviously a huge franchise, and they've sold millions and millions and millions of copies of many, many different iterations of the game. This is the eighth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. If you combine the Call of Duty, the, the all the the kind of special ops and black ops, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the it, the modern warfare series, yeah, I guess it is up to that. Um, <laughs> the approach, you know, would be very different. And for instance, if Call of Duty, where it started, where it's it's a different time, you're you're mm-hmm. talking about warfare that's changed. That's more of an army infantry type of vibe. Modern warfare it has to have the sensibilities of of sometimes having an enemy that is not as well defined as it would have been in World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, so the music has to reflect that as well. It doesn't have that kind of. It's it's not as jingoistic. There's a strain of of nobility, but it's not as rooted in patriotic, stylistic, uh, Star Spangled Banner type of thing. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not so us them in that sense. So it becomes a little bit more complex. But I mean, the thing that that you know the music has to do in something like Modern Warfare 3 is a lot of it isn't just the battle. Uh, it's not the combat. It's it's the preparing for the combat. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about going back to the roots of music itself. So the earliest, some of the earliest music that existed in human civilization was war music. It was, you would be willing to sacrifice uh, 10 or 15 of your soldiers, um, not sacrifice, but bring them out of the infantry in order to have them play drums to get the rest of the soldiers mm-hmm. pumped up for the battle. And it was actually worth it to have slightly less soldiers and have a few musicians <laughs> to get the soldiers even more amped so they could, you know, could go lay waste to the enemy. So, so this is something that, that I think as a human society we've somehow just intrinsically understood since day one and i mean all the way up through scotland uh, and uh, you know with a bunch of bagpipe players not only to amp up their their own soldiers but to mm-hmm. scare the hell out of um uh, of the enemy you hear these screaming bagpipes coming over a hill you know so <laughs> i'd so, run the other way <laughs> yeah it's like what is that you know it sounds like a giant monster or something coming in and, and the drums certainly are something that you know so you know i used a lot of that psychology in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 where it's kind of a lot of it is the preparation for going into battle and that kind of intensity of getting you amped up as you're going in so by the time you hit the ba- the combat zone you're you're already kind of your heart's already racing <laughs> Kind of stayed away from snare drums, though, which right. you know have we've heard in military movies and military games for decades, right? You noticed and, that? That's that's interesting. This was this was my yeah no marching snare kind of uh, that was the edict. I mean, even even when we're recording with the orchestra, often sometimes it would slip in, and I would have to stop the take and say, you know, let's take that out <laughs> for the for the exact reason you just said. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing you avoided was high brass. You really focused on 
the lower brass, like horns yeah. and trombones and I would imagine tuba. And I just yeah. loved that deep, full sound. Yeah, it, it, did, it did have kind of a lot of girth. There was chimbasso, tubas, bass trombones and that kind of thing. We had, of course, horns. There was an element of trumpets in basically Russia. When the music went that way, it it felt right for some of them. For instance, the second track on the soundtrack had some, but but you're right. the The majority of it kind of I let the other instruments take the higher parts. What I wanted to avoid was basically the American kind of bugle trumpet call that you hear <laughs> that that does kind of almost say we're in the right all the time, and that's not really the point. You know, it is a lot more complicated these days there's a lot of gray area and and i think that's what makes it so interesting in, in that it's kind of taking this on so but you do have in that that track um yeah it's russian warfare is the name of it i'll have a little bit that would be i guess the exception but for the most part uh, focusing on kind of the more the lower sections of the brass <laughs> yeah. yeah that second track uh sounds my notes for that track are sounds hard to play. <laughs> it sounds like you really challenged the instrumentalists for that. I, that is a you're absolutely right. That's hard to play. the The speed at which, for instance, just the string players are all the cellos and violins and violas and and they're all playing these very difficult melodic patterns. One mm-hmm. that makes it more difficult is that it is actually a very tonal melodic piece. Mm-hmm. versus kind of if they were just playing out of control at high speeds and it sounded like, you know, orchestral shredding that didn't have kind of <laughs> melodic basis. But since it's actually one of the most, well, it's a quite melodic score, but I mean, it's it's harmonically consonant. So for them to kind of that, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, it's, yeah. Uh, it's and it's all perfect. And it was amazing that they, they were able to, to nail it like that, but certainly that's something that first time around you kind of play it at half speed to get the fingering right and make sure that all the brass is also doing their the triplets and and mm-hmm. yes and towards the end going back and forth from these dotted thirty second notes to th- I mean Jeez. back it's just it's I was wondering how they play it I mean it it's hard <laughs> for me to play and you know I wrote it so yeah so you're that guy you're <laughs> yeah. that guy who puts dotted thirty second notes in his yeah. score. <laughs> <laughs> other thing that really stood out to me there were there were just three things that just popped and this is the third mm. you had the chance to write some really long tracks yes. for this soundtrack talk to, talk about that well and in, in, in fact some of them were even longer uh but <laughs> the last time around in modern warfare 2 um you noticed the soundtrack was Maybe it was about half the length or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like shorter cues that you could pepper throughout and and could be triggered. And the idea of this was to have longer passages that you could actually move around the piece depending on how the player directs 
the scene. In something like Modern Warfare 3, you're talking about infinite versions of a scene because mm-hmm. the director is whatever gamer happens to be playing it. So mm-hmm. so the trick was, you know, we wanted to do music that was very for lack of a better word, musical. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that was to develop themes and passages and kind of make musical journey that was long. And sometimes for me, that takes six, seven minutes. So we designed, built into it, uh, the ability to to have the game. And it was amazing technology behind it is that it can actually move around the piece and, and go to different parts that have different intensity levels depending on how the gamer's playing it, which wow. is amazing to me. That is amazing. It was like a collision of two very opposite things on this screen. We didn't want it to be synthetic and kind of sanitized and all the rough edges of live music and the human element polished off. We wanted to make it as human as possible, which means really going super analog. Mm. So all the music is recorded with live musicians and, and a big orchestra playing at the same time in the same room. It's not like auto-tuned and perfected <laughs> and Pro Tools and everything. It, it's It's actually very, very analog and old school in that way. There's just music played like music. In order to do that, you almost needed longer pieces, but you also needed this incredible technology that all the guys that were working on the sound side of the game, like Don Vecca, would come up with these amazing ways of maneuvering through these pieces and making it just seamless Mm -hmm. without having to sacrifice kind of the artistic side of the musical process being really analog. So Mm -hmm. really, the further the technology goes, the more it frees me up to do kind of what musically makes most sense instead of really having the car before the horse in a sense. like in a large large way video games have really allowed composers to do things they never would have had the opportunity to do like like a painter discovering oil paint for the first time or something like that you know it's like oh my gosh now I can do all of these things that I could never do in a film or television or even on stage yes you're talking about an impossible medium, if you just go back a few years. The way that the gamer gets connected to the game and how it's kind of an extension of the gamer, psychologically and mentally, and, and, and it's just getting closer and closer and closer to what someone truly would want to do, you know? It's almost like you think it and it happens. And, and in, in a way, musically, they've developed these amazing systems that it's artificial intelligence, but at the same time, it's taking something that was created by a person and then manipulating it to make sense for each player in a, in a really unique custom-made way. It just frees me up to do the compositional side as truly musical as opposed to kind of trying to make things boring and and square because it, it, at a time you would have to make music kind of in the same key, same tempo, and everything would be very made in a way that could easily be swapped out from scene to scene but then you end up kind of with everything sounding the same and the Mm -hmm. approach was completely opposite with this which was so nice 
to have the guys that, that you know were really making the game say hey you know what this is possible I mean it's just it's unbelievable how they can build in like the music slowing down into a part and then kind of merging and morphing from one to the other and all this so and, and, and when you listen to the soundtrack you can see it it just sounds like you know music that's written with the idea that it's an emotional journey be it you know anxiety or sadness or suspense or all the different emotions you have in kind of combat it has a lot more variety and scope musically than maybe you could do even just a few years ago The very first track on the soundtrack, the Modern Warfare 3 is what it's mm. called. Yeah. Is that the very first track that we'll hear when we put the game in? Well, yeah. It's more or less establishes the main two themes in the game. And it uh, acts as almost like an opening kind of credit type of thing. There are also variations that happen depending on what when you're loading your maps or you're going to multiplayer and you're you're waiting for people to join and, mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that again the idea for that was to have music that the bagpipes of Scotland or the drums of yeah. many many cultures um going into war it's that battle preparation kind of uh, music and and that, that's really what that first track is it's it's preparation and then when you kick into t- track 2 all of a sudden <laughs> you know, you're at war. And so it, the soundtrack is, is built that way to kind of bring you in and out of different battles and different regions of the world. So you're kind of being prepped and then going into battle and then unwinding and then prepped. And, and that, that's kind of how the whole thing works, like it does in the game. Because I really would like for someone to pop in the soundtrack to, the, whether they're on their iPod jogging or at, <laughs> at the gym or driving around in their car or whatever they're doing to mm-hmm. really get the experience of the game, like the core experience of, of how it feels to play the game by just listening to it. Well, that very first track, I, I was just so surprised pleasantly by it because it's it starts right. so um, with, with just, it had to just be a handful of musicians Right, at the beginning, it, it, it grows throughout it, and then it becomes more epic towards the end of the piece. And, but it is definitely, as you can see right from the get-go, it actually is an emotionally grounded, thematic, almost melancholy tune that you can sing, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to kind of bravado, flat-out, macho, um, <laughs> we kick ass kind of music. It's not that. Everything that I tried to do with the music on this was to humanize the experience, and that's why the melodies are, are very rooted in this kind of human connection thematic vibe, but also there's a, as many humans playing the <laughs> instruments. It's, it's based in live music, um, and I think bringing humanity to a game that is about conflict and, and combat, it definitely goes a long way to making the experience impactful. <laughs> that was the goal, at least. <laughs> Thank you. 
first time that you scored a first-person shooter, correct? It is, yes. So how did that affect your process, knowing, and especially it being Call of Duty, which is, right. you know, arguably the most famous first-person shooter in the entire world. So, yes. So how did this all affect your process? Well, it is different. I did draw, of course, on my experience, well, not only playing just Call of Duty, which I was uh, very familiar with from from the beginning, but mm-hmm. but just first-person shooters, which I played kind of since the dawn of first-person shooters. <laughs> the thing that I always liked about them was that you'd have these two modes, and you would go through and you do the campaign, and you would go through the game, and, and you'd have this cool kind of epic experience that was a little bit more cinematic. Then you would go into the multiplayer mode, which you could find your friends and take out your aggressions. And in the way, <laughs> versus other kinds of games, it felt the most immediately real to the person. You you definitely feel that control in your hand is a weapon, and mm-hmm. you're creeping around and worried that you're going to get either caught out, captured, or seen, or shot or you know whatever it is and it would really get the blood pumping and so with the music it was kind of like coming home in a sense i'd already been there it's it, mm-hmm. it is almost as if it's terrain you know that you've yeah. been to and when they started showing me th- the different levels of modern warfare 3 for one i was geeking out because i was thinking <laughs> wow i'm the first guy that i know that gets to see this stuff and play it you know? sure but at the same time, when I go in to write the music, it felt like I had been there, and and it was something personally relatable to me. So it really wasn't a huge stretch to kind of try to get into the mindset, and I also really instinctively knew the nuanced difference between even just the Call of Duty games, you know, right. uh, the, the idea of modern warfare being very different tonality than the original Call of Duties, and so it was not so much of a sense of, boy, I have to do a lot of research to try to figure out what this is all about. It was more of a sense of, how can I bring a musical stamp to this series that I think it deserves? Because for one thing, I'm a fan. So I was just wanting to make sure that it was done in a way that did the series justice. majority of your work has been in film. More yes. than 50 or 20? Uh, oh, in terms of films? Yeah. How many films have you done? Oh, it's got to be in the 60-something. 60s? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Wow, that's great. It was in the family, right? Working in the film industry, at least. Yes, it is, except it skipped a generation. My grandfather was an art director, a production designer. He was wow. amazing at it. And he was the art director for like the DeMille films like Ten Commandments and Wow. Samson Delilah did a lot of the westerns like True Grit and and of course like also kind of lighter fare that was great, you know, like Roman Holiday and <laughs> he he was really talented, won the Academy Award. Um <laughs> Loved the artistic side of it, hated the politics, mm. and <laughs> I think that the latter part of the, of the experience rubbed off on my dad, who just completely rejected it and and <laughs> became an architect. So, oh wow! Um, by the time I 
decided to be a crazy person and try to become a film composer, that connection to it had been lost except for the fire that was lit inside. But my grandfather really inspired me because he taught me about lenses and he taught me about film editing and he taught me about the other side of film, everything but music. Music was my thing. You know, I just took to it very young and composing as well. So I kind of, you know, merged my love of film that I was just so into it um, that it kind of made sense as a composer it's a great forum for getting your music heard. Right. And it really is the new popular version of doing symphonic music or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Because mm-hmm. I did, you know, rock music, but I also did classical music. And mm-hmm. I wrote in both milieus. So by the time that I tried to figure out what to do with my life, it wasn't it wasn't so much of um, a question as to would I try. It was a question of would I succeed. So mm-hmm. that was really the start of the journey, at least. ridiculously now I can play a lot of stuff I mean I'm pretty cool that way but you play like stuff that I've never touched I've never (laughs) touched a bazooki I've I mean it's you make me look like an amateur oh well no I mean it uh sometimes people collect stamps or art or (laughs) yeah Star Wars action figures and for me it's instruments and from pretty early on I kind of who knows how well I've been able to do this, but pretty much I will first buy an instrument and then learn it. Uh, it's it's like <laughs> kind of by reverse osmosis. It's like, you know, well, if it's around, maybe I can kind of figure it out, you know. Sure. I had the basics. I had drums, keyboards, you know, piano, I'd, mm-hmm. and then guitars. And so the piano all of a sudden is like, well, there's a glockenspiel here, there's a vibraphone here, there's a marimba here, and okay, if you just mm-hmm. have four sticks instead of the two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, a harp's kind of like a piano, but on its side, and okay, I'll get a harp. And then the guitar was like, well, the guitar, and then the bass, and then, well, wait a minute, I could do cello if it's just kind of, okay, yeah, I can do cello. Then what about a viola? And and then a charango is kind of like this, and a bazooki is kind of like a guitar, but it just has different strings, and the mandolin, and charango, it, all these different things mm-hmm. kind of just started building, but I mean, if you wind it back far enough, there's logic to it, I think. I think there's much more logic to a bazooki being like a guitar than there is a harp being like a piano in I some suppose. sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're all stretches, yeah. but, um, you know. Harp is hard. You know, it, that's kind of the fun of the challenge is, is mm-hmm. you start off terrible and then work your way up to uh, happily mediocre. And then maybe <laughs> someday, here's the nice thing, too, about playing these instruments. Um, I can record multiple takes. <laughs> the, right. No one ever hears the the blue note special that um, <laughs> that can go on in the, in the early stuff where I'm cursing at, at the cello for playing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So by the time it, you hear it on the soundtrack it it's going to sound it's going to sound real good. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is that it's it's all samples of you, the Modern Warfare 3 soundtrack. <laughs> right, yes, it's 95 of me. 95 of you. <laughs> it, 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 and in fact, it, it's it's weird. I say, the, the orchestra is the orchestra, and I, I don't uh, tread upon where they are experts. But at the same time, 
on a lot of those tracks, there are a lot of me. I mean, I would say some of them do have 30 of me, um, but playing usually things that are plucked and little strings and mm-hmm. um, percussion and things like that that build up into this kind of sound mass that would be impractical to record with an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And then we record the orchestra uh, on top of it. You know, through the years I picked up everything. I, th- I would say the thing that I picked up um, that was maybe the most challenging in a way was the instrument that I played the most, which isn't an instrument at all, which is the orchestra, conducting. Sure. It, it is definitely an art that is separate from composing, Very which is why it's r- kind of rarely done nowadays, but it, it's it's become such an important part of what I do when I can. I hear one bar of music from, you know, some game that I played even, you know, 10 years ago, I'm instantly nostalgic for it. Oh, sure. You're yep. just like, oh, I know that corridor, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of a respons- big responsibility in a sense because disproportionately every bar of music that I wrote for this game would be listened to more than anything I've ever done. <laughs> the music... Good, bad, or ugly. And no matter what, it's going to remind them. So, you know, you better make it good. <laughs> That's very good <laughs> advice for everyone yeah. out there who's writing for video games because it's so true. The loading screen from Gran Turismo 2, you know, like, you know, <laughs> things like that. I, I it's, it's funny, a friend of mine periodically, it's the guy that I've done gaming with for most of my life, he just sends me little clips of just like, <laughs> name this, what this is, and I instantly know, you sure. know, oh my gosh, where'd you find that, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it, hopefully, you know, this is something that people will carry with them and actually, you know, want to experience the game outside of the game um, by listening to the music. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> So you went to UCLA. Indeed. And you got a film scoring degree there. No. What'd you get there? No, you see, this is the thing. This is Um, what I want to know, because Harvard, you went there too, and I'm like, hmm, why did you go there? Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, For music, right? I mean, it's like, that's not one of the schools you think of in terms of Ivy Leagues. There are other Ivy, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's an amazing Uh, school. They they look, both have music departments, but Mm -hmm. here's the thing is that why did history, philosophy, and public policy... <laughs> um, UCLA and then undergrad and then Harvard for graduate school. But wow. here's the thing: is that I would always kind of lurk in the music departments. I had done music all my life. I had mm-hmm. done touring. By the time I hit college, I'd played with orchestras and played in bands and played mm-hmm. on records and did all that. So music was something that was a big, big, big part of my life. I wanted to be a composer. Mm-hmm. But I thought there's no way that that's going to happen. Well, there is maybe five percent chance that yeah. I could make it. So I better have a backup plan. Was the most practical majors in the world, <laughs> certainly. But but in fact, something I was very interested in was was academics itself. And very likely, if I didn't go into music, I would be in academics. I would be 
at some uh, university somewhere mm-hmm. doing research or, or teaching or, or something along those lines and doing music as my hobby, you know, and mm-hmm. that was really the plan. And to this day, um, right before we were do this interview, I was reading away at some of my, my you know, these books that I order, <laughs> my deadly Amazon account where I, you know, get, um, it's just reading this book, arguably essays by Christopher Hitchens, which I love. And so, you know, it's just anything like that was, was fun for me. So in a sense, school was never a drag. Uh, mm-hmm. But music was my passion. Now, music is my career, and I do it most of the day, and that's how I make my living. And then kind of as relaxation, I'll go and I'll read some history or philosophy or something along those lines. And so it's, it's just upside down, which, which I'm perfectly happy with having it that way, you know. <laughs> to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. Our next episode features Greg Edmondson, who's written scores for all three of Naughty Dog's Uncharted games. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast, and you should become a member of Minnesota Public Radio. Find out how to do that on minnesotapublicradio.org. this i don't even know what this is <laughs> oh yeah it's it's uh, my resonator mandolin it's made out of steel you have a steel ma- mandolin yeah that's awesome play yeah. more of it play play something on there oh gosh well i just was noticing that the tuning is uh, it's a little suspect but i don't know yeah it's because you got these double strings are just sitting here but i think it <laughs> anyway that's awesome <laughs> i love it